Hey everybody, thanks for joining us here this morning on 20 Sides to Every Story. We're going to get started here with Dolman Wood. Yes, yeah, so we're back um, after a bit of a hiatus. I think we're going to start getting into a regular pattern of playing once again. So um, if this is your first time joining us, uh, we would invite you to come join us in our Discord server. Um, that's a great place to kind of get together with other people that enjoy these types of games that we like playing and uh, also muster up to play in games together. Uh, we have an LFG channel that has a number of open things right now because we're trying to get people together to play some games over the course of this next week. We're going to be running some games to fundraise for Extra Life. We'll be uh, myself. I've got a couple of games. I've got actually a Dolmenwood game one shot that we'll be doing on this coming Wednesday. And we're going to be playing the one-off module, The Weird That Befell Drig Bolton. So um, if you want to see, probably, I don't know, I don't know, other than the Wormskin zines, I think that's like one of the early, early Dolmenwood products or things that, that Gavin put out there. So if you want to see some like OG Dolmenwood, we're going to be running that and that should be a lot of fun. Um, we've also got some DCC, we've got a lot of Dragon Bane, um, and then my, me and, uh, some of you maybe know Joe T, we r run some video game streams over on the, the gaming channel, we're gonna be doing a, what we call Video Game Jukebox on Friday, where we're going to be just playing kind of random, maybe not random, but, uh, retro games that are chosen or selected by the audience with their donations, so, uh, for every $100 that I raise before Thanksgiving, we'll add an hour to that stream, I think we're on the hook for five hours currently, and I'm sure that it'll be more once we get to the day, so I'll pop the link to that if you want to, uh, give give a donation of any amount uh everything kind of helps uh we're very blessed that we have a very giving community so we thank you in advance for all the the donations that you give they definitely go to a great cause helping to um provide medical care to kids and families who um maybe don't have insurance maybe don't have uh the means to pay for for care so it makes a big difference in the lives of people that rely on those services um, yeah, I think that's all we've got for announcements, so we will get started with our game. Um, I'm joined here this morning by Dawson playing Topsy. He's a gr Grimalkin. We've got Topsy, we've got Isaac playing Friar Fitzpatrick, we've got Ryan playing Sir Joffrey the Knight, we've got Chris playing Thomas the Minstrel. Uh, we're... We're down, Maureen, playing Lilibeth the Hunter. We'll get her back into things uh, next time. And Galaxian, thank you so much for the player re-roll. So you guys have one re-roll in the tank as we get started here. So, um, it has been a little bit, so I apologize for this recap I'm going to try to give. Uh, it might be a little spotty. Feel free to fill me in on the details. But basically, the group had come here to the big city, or the bigger-ish city, High Hankel, and they uh, were living it up a little bit. This is maybe one of the biggest, first big cities in Dolmenwood that they have been in, and so they enjoyed some of the comforts of the city, lived it up a little bit on some of the wealth that they have gained, um, and quickly did an accounting and assessed that probably they can't do that uh, for, for too, too long or the, the the coffers would dry up. And really what they came here to do, I think primarily was to um, recruit 
potentially a team that they could take with them to do some other adventuring within the Dolmenwood. They've started to set their sights on some some different tasks that they might do. And so they did do uh, some interviews of some potential recruits. They got some leads on some different jobs that they might pursue and uh, had an encounter with the Thieves Guild, sort of, uh, and paid, maybe maybe uh, uh, sold some items and at, at a little bit of a discount in order to uh, gain some protection that they won't be harmed while they're here in the city, at least. At least that is the hope. Um, Friar Fitzpatrick had gone to meet with the clergy of the Church of the One True God, and met with an individual that provided him with something of a quest. Uh, we, we didn't play this out necessarily in-game, uh, but he met with a woman who is the archdeacon of the Church of the One True God here in High Hankel. Her name is the... Uh, she is the Venerable Adrilene Sumner, and... The friar had gone to her basically saying he wished to be in service to the people. He wished to find a way to give his time here in the Dolmenwood meeting. And she had some ideas um, and some tasks that she was aware of that needed doing. Of course, locating and finding shrines is also always going to be something that is important to the church in terms of reclaiming the faith here in the Dolmenwood. Um, but kind of top of her mind was having somebody go to this ruined village that is um, known as Langston. It is not a place that has been inhabited in quite a long time. It has fallen into ruin the, the the true nature of what her concern is about it is that it is said to be a cursed place. And recently there have been some reports of undead zombies and such wandering about um, pretty close to the road uh, leading leading into High Hankel and such. That, And she suspects it is this place, that, that it has something to do with this place and that it needs to be consecrated. And so she has given to Friar Fitzpatrick a scroll of remove curse she does so I want to be very clear that like she doesn't really know like why why the place might be cursed there is a bit of a story about the there is a saint that was associated with that place a mendicant by the name of uh, Saint Howarth who kind of ran the church there and provided a lot of his healing services in the, the name of the one true God out of that village. This is some hundred years ago, but it is believed that he fell under some kind of curse. And the story goes that he um, was cursed by a hag. Then this is like the folk. There's like a folklore about that. Um, she would probably have told the friar that she, who knows, like maybe it has something to do with him. And she's giving you the scroll, basically, maybe this would help, but she doesn't really know. Like, so, um, this, this, the gift of the scroll is not necessarily the key to solving this thing, but just a little kind of reward, maybe on the front end, uh, for you to go and pursue this task. And so, 
So that is the task, and the friar would be maybe bringing that to you that you could go and find this this village potentially as a something something to do that isn't uh, <laughs> hunting griffins. So, um, you guys had done your interviews with these hirelings, and I think you were deferring the decision on hiring them till until the next evening. And so that is kind of where we left off. So we'll be picking up the game here on the ninth of Reed Rhyme. Um, you all would have stayed at um, an inn on the outside of the wall of High Hankle, a place called the Chantry. And so uh, that would be where we'd be picking up is uh, the morning of you all uh, waking up and maybe s- deciding for yourselves what you would like to do this this morning. I suppose one thing that uh, beings were deciding this evening, we told everybody to come back, the people that you interviewed, what uh, what's everybody's take on them? Are there any that are no-goes? Any that are a sure thing? I remember there was one that was like had a little more experience than the others, but it was also more expensive. That would be like- Kezi. Who was the hunter? And so she came, I think she was maybe six gold a day. I thought that warranted some conversation because there were some pros and cons to that, you know, to that hire. I felt like the other ones were all kind of like standard level, low level hires that are just, you know, that we would just normally take on. But maybe we should at least discuss the other, the, this uh, this more expensive one. Most of these people were a flat rate per day and like a partial share, right? And or were any share. of them half shares, right? So he had uh, Chag. He was a larger man, had a little bit of a limp. I, th- I think you assessed his strength. He seemed like he was, he, he made sure to say that he could compensate for the fact that he had a little bit of a gait and that he was good in a fight. Um, he had the angry barkeep <laughs> who uh, wants to make some coin to uh, reestablish themselves and reestablish their business. And then you had Re Kivrun, who really took a shining to uh, Topsy and seems to have is maybe a little over talkative and no filter and seems a little oblivious to the fact that you know all of the crews that they've ever been with don't seem to want to hire them on for subsequent jobs and we'll tell you all about those stories um and in whenever she tells you those stories you will immediately identify why she was not hired back on uh, but she seems fairly oblivious maybe we should discuss that one too <laughs> Well, if you ask me, she's a very wonderful individual that I very much like to have the company of more times. You know, she's a great talker. I guess maybe if the two of you would be talking and not, you know. What's wrong wrong with that? Come on. (laughs) And was she a human? Yeah, all all of these people are human. Okay. Hmm. I mean, I just wonder with her, you know, she, well, I guess we're thinking that she doesn't get hired on because she talks too much. That's it. Yeah. She is still alive. She is still alive. So there's that. There is that. Um, 
What? Ah, uh, I know I was not here. Ah, uh, but did they all seem like their hearts were in the right place and ready to go if they needed be? As seems traveling with us is a bit dangerous. I mean, I would say, brother, that it seemed like their hearts were out for their own good, which, when it comes to staying alive, is at least a good thing. You know, I I, I feel like they, you know, if they're working for us, they would recognize that uh, uh, keeping us alive and keeping themselves alive would be also for their own good. You know, I, I can't really speak for their true hearts intentions. I don't know that we did that type of interview, but... Uh, Oh, no, no. I don't think That's that they're... I, I wouldn't say that they're evil people. I didn't get that off of them. Yeah. Well, I did not interview, so I will leave uh, who you decide to bring up to you all. I support your decision, whatever it may be. Well, I got the sense from uh, Chag that he was stalwart and would be good in a fight. I guess... Before we decide on this, do we do we wish to? Uh, I, mean, I guess let me ask you this, Friar. If we were to use this quest that uh, that the church has given you as a first, I guess foray with our new hires as a test, how how much? I guess how thankful will the church be? Or thus taking this. I mean, what, what, how will that assist us with perhaps political um, inner workings, at least down here in High Angle? I'm sure, Alex, I might have asked a few things, or maybe I would have just kind of waited around to see if there was some type of a, uh, I'll say, I'll say maybe a, re a reward, but not in the sense of like asking for money, but just, you know, just that information as well as or anything really that we'd get out of it besides, you know, just doing good for the people, which the fire really wouldn't would be most um, interested in right now. I don't know. Would you have asked about a reward? I don't, I don't think it would be implicit based on the nature of how you probably uh, approached her. Fire probably wouldn't. So he would probably say, uh, as far as the inner workings, uh, we do good by the people. Uh, they are safe, and we might be able, I do not know, but to right a wrong that happened so long ago to this poor saint. I guess um, I, the political part of it, um, probably she would have mentioned or said, she probably would have referred to, like, the church in Brackenwald, like, like this is what the church wants, like the church is interested in having this happen. Like the, the church, uh, it has been impressed upon me that we need to do this. So like there politically, it does seem like there's a hierarchy. Like this isn't really coming from her. This is coming from a higher authority and she's sort of the middle manager of this. Okay. If that makes sense. So if you, if you are looking uh, for a bit of renown, However, it seems that this is uh, one of the main to-dos of the church that might uh, put us up at a higher level, if that is what you are after. Well, just I'm mainly curious about currying favor. I am sure that there will be favor given. 
And we've always found there to be spoils of our adventures. And if not, I will be very thankful. (laughs) um, um, Hopefully our spoils will cover the expense of our hirelings. As uh, you know, these coffers, um, as we experienced, maybe uh, um, with our expensive taste the first night in town, that the coffers do have an end to them. So I do think if we find that we're not uh, able to cover the expense of our hirelings, that we should uh, cut those losses sooner rather than later. Mm, yes. yes. Well, I'm just viewing that the uh, the the Griffin issue may very well be beyond our our skill at this point. Um, my particular interest in the castle ooh, is a much well, it's it's much further. Uh, it would be a much you know more lengthy. I guess obligation on our part, money-wise, for our hirelings. Whereas I believe this Langston would be somewhat close, and probably um, there would be a lot more direct information as far as where it is. That uh, I too am interested in doing well for the people, but you don't have to say anything else. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes, me. But I, I am one of those people, right? I, yeah. I, I want things to do well for me as well. Mm. Either way, you are a good person. Thank you. Thank you, Friar. That, that means a lot. I guess it's only coming <laughs> from me. <laughs> don't take it too. Don't take it too good. <laughs> but you know, uh, sorry there, kitty cat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You see, Thomas, like the ability to help the people is a very good and cherished thing that everyone could hope for and achieve one day. And just a big toothy smile just looks towards your way of the fryer. Those were a lot of it felt like a noodle going around in your in your mouth and words were coming out. I'm still waking up and I'm a little uh, angry. (laughs) I've been looking for a rat for at least three months and I haven't found a single one. (laughs) It's really wild. We need to get you a rat. Uh, no, well, I'm a cat. good. Yes. We need to get you a rat. There you go. Did you know there's really no rats anywhere in this city? It is so bizarre. Not a single one. Uh, don't know that that's a good thing. Yeah, I was going to say, I think no rats is, is good. Uh, I, I see you eating other f- food and such. Or is, it, is it just a delicacy of your people? Well, yeah, it's like a nice little special treat that you can get every once in a while. It's just that, you know, people kind of get weirded out and grossed if you just eat a rat or like a possum in front of them. They'd be like, holy crap, what are you doing with that rat? That doesn't seem right. You know, it's a little off-putting for some. Have you ever eaten a rat fryer? It's really wonderful. Um, we eat, are we at the breakfast table right now? Yes. Uh, Joffrey's going to start, like, you know, looking at the meat a little closer. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe a couple belches come up, he's, and he's not feeling so hungry anymore. Actually, he sees that. Actually, yes, I've had many rats. They are <laughs> wonderful. I've eaten many different things. Ooh, what was your favorite? You got the possums, you got beavers, you got groundhogs. What else do you like? 
Rancid Squirrel. I love Ooh. Rancid Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> he like looks at Topsy and just like smiles and looks back at his brother. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> cuisine uh, preferences aside, uh, what are you thinking? You did you want to go talk with um, Sir Waverly this morning or? Do you want to fast forward to the evening when the hirelings will come back? I was going to say, I don't think it could hurt to talk to, to Sir Waverly and see what he has to say about the Griffins. I just think maybe <laughs> we might just be telling him that we're not interested or something for now, but I don't know. Uh, to be fair, if you are looking if you are looking for coin, it, they, this might be affecting the roads, too, here. Uh, you might possibly ask him for a small reward. You really we think need a lot it. more hirelings to take on some griffins. Well, if you really think about it, are we hunting the griffins or are the griffins hunting us? I mean, we saw that severed leg just in the middle of the road yesterday. It was so wild. I mean, just, you know, could be like a... Topsy you know, has a point. I think Livingston is a good direction to go. Hmm. And that's what I mean. I mean, I, to clarify, I was talking about Langston. That it seems the undead might be spilling over onto the roads. Right. We might be doing them a service. And I don't mind taking money from them. The town, that's fine. Give it more to the people. Oh, I see what you're saying. Don't t- talk to the Lord, but when he brings up Griffins, we bring up Langston. Mm. And say, maybe this will help. You know, maybe we can't t- help you with the Griffins right now, but we can help you with this. Oh, and the... Yes. At least getting information as far as where the Griffins are, because it's quite possible on our way to Langston, we will the, uh, the Griffins could be <laughs> in the same direction. We may want to go a different route. We might have a Griffin fight anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what do, you, what do you guys think? Go visit the, the dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what, what also about uh, the. This Huntress. Ah, yes. Do we hire the Huntress? I think mm-hmm. Lilibeth would want us to. I think they got along real well. But what is the difference in price? The other ones are, what, three gold a day and a yeah. half share? And she's, and she's six a day and a half share? Yeah. If you ask me, she seems pretty experienced in what she does. Perhaps we can hire her on at least maybe one of the other hirelings. So it would be like three people, but for two. That's math. Yeah. Well, and having a, I mean, having a second woodsy types, I'm, 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 I'm assuming and we're going to be in the Langston is, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming the road doesn't, you know, go through the ghost town of Langston, right? There will be a little bit of off road for us on that, but, uh, I was told that at, there once was a road, uh, not sure if it's still traversed. Yes. Okay, I would say maybe the hunt, the huntress yeah. might be a good how, idea. How far was Langston? If we're going to hire, if we're going to take on the huntress as two and then hire one other, would you be willing to let go of, of your friend as a hireling? Um, I mean, I thought it was a pretty good idea. She came along, you know, if you don't want to. I mean, I'm thinking maybe the huntress and the warrior. Yeah, sure, it's fine. Yeah, you can hire him if you want, if you want to be slowed down. What about the innkeeper? Oh, yeah. How about the huntress and the innkeeper? He seemed angry and and 
this sounds like a purpose. This sounds like the starts of some sort of song or story. <laughs> That's probably what Thomas is going for. The hunters and the innkeeper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we. Wheels are turning. Wheels you know, turning. Just, just for that prospect, I'd be willing to not hire her right now. Okay. I, I, I think that that's, I will go with that if Topsy's good with that and the crew is good with that. I support that decision. Topsy doesn't want the person like Topsy is fine with me. <laughs> so, so are we looking at then just hiring two or bringing both warriors and the huntress? I think we go with the two for now. We head down to Langston. We see how it goes with them. It, and then depending on how things go with that, we head up to the uh, castle. And if we decide we want the two more, we can stop it and, and, and uh, hire them or hire others. All right. So what I'm hearing is you want to hire the huntress, Kezi, and the angry barkeep, Tuth. That's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a wonderful idea. And if there's, uh, I'm, if we're I'm, getting coin, I'm, we might add one more. Yep. Yeah. If we if we talk to the to the dude, what's what was the name, Sir Sir Waverly? Uh, yes, Sir Horsent Waverly the Orange. Sir, yeah. If we talk to him and we can, and Thomas can use his uh, wormed tongue to get us some cash for going to Langston. Maybe we'll come back. We'll maybe we'll decide to hire one more. Okay. Well, you're these, these folks aren't uh, meeting up with you till this evening anyway. So um, right. you have time to go talk to him before you make a final decision. Cool. Well, we did business guys. We, we did that team business. Team T-E-P. business. <laughs> All right. B I Z N U S. So the agenda for the ninth of Reed Rhyme is to go talk to Sir Waverly and see if you can uh, get, it sounds like you want to get some, potentially some payment to see if they have a vested interest in the uh, Langston situation and then come back and go to the tavern to go hire your hirelings and then potentially set out on the 10th of Reed Rhyme to travel to uh, Langston. All right. So, uh, you know, you, you finish your breakfast at the inn, and you can begin to make your way into the center of High Hankle, um, traveling, you know, the architecture overhead is kind of arched bridges that connect many of these tall buildings at the center of what is known as the Escalade in the center of town. Um, and you can also see... Um, Castle Paragon uh, in the center of town, this big, dizzying, tall tower of stone that looms over everything. Uh, but you will be making your way to the Griffinry, which is sort of over here. It is a squat keep with six crenellated towers that adjoin themselves uh, to Castle Paragon. And in the central courtyard, as you make your way there, you ask around about Sir Waverly, and you'll get kind of directed to him. He would be in the courtyard of this garrison where there are a number of griffins that are, um, their keepers are doing drills with them. And you can see that watching over all of this is a slim, freckled, clean-shaven man, you would guess maybe of about 40 years of age. The reason that he is called the orange is uh, readily apparent. He has this kind of like bright orange, like reddish 
curly hair that is sort of in a mop that um you know hangs just like uh shoulder length and crests over his plate mail armor and he is wearing an orange doublet and he has a uh the house sigil of house hogwash is on his tabard that he wears and the sigil is of a hog pierced with many spears atop a harp. And so um, he seems to be just kind of overwatching. He's not actively um, trying to wrangle any of the griffins. He is just kind of supervising as you approach. And he sees you all and says, uh, Hail, friends. Welcome to the griffinry. How might our... Uh, what, what business do you have here with us today? This is Sir Waverly, right? This is Sir Waverly. Please help me recall, we met him on the road, right? Where there was the... Uh, or was it his men? I think you met his men. His men. Okay. And they directed you here. If you wanted to, if you wanted to learn more about the Griffin situation, they asked, you know, you, you might have asked about a reward and such, and they, I don't think could tell you that but they said he would be the one to make a deal ryan were you going to take yeah. point on him at the at the moment you being a knight i guess sure yeah uh, i'll say like hail you know these are some impressive beasts uh we see you drilling with here also impressive was the work they did on the road we saw coming into town mm. you saw that well uh, we haven't had much luck. Um, there there are like four uh, griffins that are currently in the courtyard here. And he says, these beasts are impressive, but they are not the full accounting of our entire fleet. And what you saw was the aftermath. A few of these noble creatures have escaped and are said to be living wild now, terrorizing the countryside. We've been putting everything we can into trying to recapture them. But as you know, these are tense times and I cannot commit a s substantial amount of my forces to trying to wrangle and recapture these creatures. I need, I need my men here in the event of, well, in the event of uncertain things happening, unpredictable things. Um, are, are you, am I, what am I taking this that you're coming here and inquiring about this as you're interested in helping us with this matter? Well, I would say that, um, in a way, maybe, but, um, as you say that, um, you, your men must be ready for uncertain things. You know, uh, we, we have become aware of some other uncertain things in the area as well. Uh, that also, pose a danger to the road. Uh, I don't know if you have heard of the the undead spilling over from Langston. Hmm. Yes, I have I, I have heard story of this. Um, in the long list of things that I am concerned about, um, a few strange things wandering in off the out of the woods um, is not my most pressing matter. Um Langston. Not a name I've heard much about. Maybe a matter more pertinent to the church. My responsibility lies here with 
with High Hankel and the defenses of our city. Um, we don't have many oh. patrols that go out watching watching the road. As you know, it is a rough and tumble place out there on the road. Highwaymen, a bit lawless. If you are to go out on the road, make sure that you properly prepare yourselves and secure your wagons and make sure to carry a weapon. We appreciate that warning. Uh, how many How many of these uh, creatures are unaccounted for? Uh, there are three. There are three that recently have escaped. And tell me about their training. How often is it that these creatures go off of their training, uh, try to escape, go wild? Is this uncommon? Has this happened before? Uh, we we have we are renowned for our ability to domesticate these things and train them. Uh, we are very, um, our protocols are timeless and have been tested for, we come from many generations of having harnessed the power of these beasts. We treat them like, we treat them kindly. They are almost extensions of ourselves. It is unheard of that a griffin might do this, a single one, let alone three. And you could see, um, like, one of the griffins, like, in the courtyard kind of gets up on its hindquarters and is um, almost becoming kind of bestial. And he kind of runs over there real quick and, like, lays his, like, hand on its, like, breast. And, like, the other handlers are trying to, like, kind of rein it in a bit. Um, one of them throws it, like, a big hunk of meat that it crones its neck upwards and grabs. And it seems to calm down, but... Um, there's just sort of like this wild wildness to it. Um, and as soon as he kind of calms it down after a few minutes, he like returns back to your conversation. And he says, as you can see, it is very hard to tame the beast inside these creatures, but um, I feel that there is some other reason, some presence, some something in the air perhaps that has caused them to um, revert to their more savage selves. I don't know. Mm. When did this begin? I suppose it is hard to say exactly when they started to started to turn this way. It has been about it has been several weeks now since these griffins have escaped. And, and was they all they all escaped at the same time. Kind of leading up to that. Yes, they all they all recently escaped at, at about the same time. It was a singular event. Um, one night. They broke free during drills. Given the uh, gift of hindsight, I can say that there had been maybe some clues as to their um, their restlessness in the preceding months. But now I Was have but, uh, resources to try to keep these last remaining four calm and within our care while hoping that we might be able to get some assistance in, in reining in the other three. Um, I have heard that they these these three that have escaped have begun nesting in a old watchtower along the northwestern road, which makes them even more dangerous that they have chosen to roost together. Are they all males, all females mixture? Hmm. We will say there are two females and one male. This sounds like one kind of dangerous love triangle I do not want to get involved with. <laughs> <That's> right. <Yes. laughs> was 
there any kind of catalyst during the drill that set them off, or was there anybody there that witnessed it, that um, noticed anything, any sort of trigger, or was it just like you, you know, you open the cages, they just flew the coop type situation? I wish I could tell you that the trainers that were there that day are still around to question. Um, I don't know. From from all accounts, it, there there was nothing to suggest that anything untoward had happened or anything unusual. It wasn't wasn't a full moon or anything like that. Um, it, it was just in the throes of uh, the seasons changing. Mm. The early days of fall. Have you noticed any changes in any other animals or beasts around the area? We've had a bit of well experience with. Things being corrupted. I I have not drawn any such conclusions from any of the stories that I have, have heard of such things. They're, unfortunately, there are always stories of wild things happening in the Dolman Wood that I have not drawn any connection. Of course, the men have all sorts of tall tales trying to explain this loss of life, the loss of our... Our griffins is a uh, it is a stain upon our order our knight the knighthood here Excuse you. you say that um you feel that there's some sort of presence or something that some sort of outside force that's causing this do you know of anybody that has anything against you or your knights your order Anybody of great power, anybody in a position to set anything in motion that could possibly have it out for you? I don't like to speculate on rumor and these types of things, but if you were asking me of my opinion, I believe I believe this is the work of the Droon. I believe that their activity has... I've heard more and more stories that I would attribute to them. I think that the Droon are finally waking up and that they are perhaps starting to reclaim what they believe is, is theirs. And what would that be here? Well, we are here in the High Hankel. We are certainly not within the Dolman Wood, but the goat folk go to war, as perhaps you have heard seems to be the way of things they are getting wild i believe that it goes all the way back to the assertion of the drone over them as well perhaps they are going to reclaim their their former slaves and cause all this problem and it leads right here to baron hogwarts he is the one that holds authority over all of the goat folk and over the dolmenwood so causing us problems at home would Take us out of the equation. That is my feeling. I have nothing Fair. to substantiate that. Question I have for you. Do you think that uh, whatever manner of power that would raise the dead, could it not also affect some living creatures, more bestial types? Oh, I'm not an expert in such things. I, I, I do not know. Um, perhaps a matter for the church. Well, I would say it would be a matter for both the church and the 
secular. We have a uh, friar with us who is obviously a member of the church. And we are looking at investigating this uh, Langston. My question to you would be, were we to... Were we to do this, could there be any assistance provided? I mean, it, it, there are confirmed reports of these uh, undead coming out to the road and such, which affects travel and affects uh, the citizenry of High Hankel. If we can clear this from your plate so that it does not become a larger problem, would you be willing to provide any assistance in the way of money that we might be able to hire a couple people or such to uh, assist us with this endeavor. I did and, if, and depending on what we find, this may lead to uh, assisting with the Griffins as well. I think the two might very well be related. Quick question outside of the game. The, the road in which they were t- he was talking about the Griffins roosting in the watchtower is that in the direction of Langston or the opposite direction? I believe that the watchtower is along the this road here. So um, Langston is like to the northeast. So not um, not directly, like so not directly in the same. Long, but take yeah. the long way, maybe. Um, I'd, maybe throw, I'd maybe throw that argument in there too, out at the the good Sir Waverly. You know, kind of mention that, like you know, it, it is not entirely out of our way, and it's uh, it is entirely possible we will find clues to your case on along our way. I, I appreciate you looking out for the the safety of our people. The issue of Langston is not one of my charges. It is is barely on my radar. In fact, you coming to me now, I've I've heard some stories of zombies and such shuffling in off the road, um, but it is not not a top charge of our order at the moment. I'm sure if you were to find something and you were able to purge whatever uh, wickedness has occurred there, it would be a good thing. But unfortunately, I, I, I need to be responsible with the resources that I have and at current, I need to expend most of that towards this Griffin issue. Should you be able to recapture and bring back our missing Griffins alive, for that I can pay you. 1,500 gold pieces each for each that you bring back. Got <laughs> any, uh, got any uh, tips on how to, you know, wrangle one of these Griffins? Anything? Yeah, any, like, words that you use to, like, uh, uh, any any foods that they like? Yes, um, commands, food, all of that in normal times would placate them, but as a, as you know, they they have returned back to their wild nature, and so um, using those forms of domestication that we have used to um, control them in the past may not. May not work. I and he he would he would direct you to like one of the one of the Griffin keepers to learn some like you know heal, uh, you know stand down, lay down, like all the, whatever their their shorthand commands, which are um, actually going to be more vocalized like screeches and such that they use to communicate with them. But uh, he would direct you to one of them to uh, 
learn about this. And as he's like talking to you about all this business, like you're kind of having a back and forth about the safety and security of High Hankle and uh, how Langston might be wrapped up in all of all of these things. Uh, there is another knight that uh, comes rushing in. Uh, it seems like borderline discreetly. Like it looks like he's like hurrying, but he does not want anyone to notice that he is rushing up to Sir Waverly. And this knight, uh, younger uh, knight, kind of leans in behind Sir Waverly, and he's like whispering into his ear. Um, and I hear that. Can I hear what he whispers? Make a listen check. A hear noise. Yeah. All right. That is a two. Okay. And I hear noise on one, two, or three. Okay. Um, so you hear him come up and he says, Sir Waverly, you are needed. Lord Shadgore Ramius is here. And I'm afraid the Baron is not yet out of bed. And you just hear a sigh. And like, like just a look of just sadness a little bit tinged with disappointment comes over Sir Waverly's face as he just closes his eyes and like, it seems a bit exasperated, but he says, my friends, I apologize. I am, uh, I, I am needed elsewhere right now. Um, but again, if it should, I, I do wish you luck, um, in whatever course you pursue. I'm sorry that I cannot may, be more of help with uh, locating the lost village of Langston. Uh, but if you do come upon our griffins and you are successful in recovering them, please know that you will be well rewarded. I am sure that I, the griffin master here can, can attend any further questions that you might have. And you can see he, he's just like in a rush. Like, like there's not much goodbye after that. He just rushes with the Southern Knight to exit. Dang it. And the name Lord Shadgor Ramius, I believe, is familiar to you all. He is the other brother, other than uh, the half-brother of Lord Malbleet. And these are the two lords that are at odds with each mm. other right now. Because there is... Uh, the, the the public accusation from Lord uh, Malbleet, the goat lord, who resides just north of Lakeshorn, is that... Lord Ramius has kidnapped his son. Just as a refresher on that. So it would seem that uh, Lord Shadgore Ramius is here in High Hankel right now, apparently trying to take a meeting with Baron Hogwarsh, who you can infer is a little hungover this morning and not up to the task of receiving him. So uh, you got a little glimpse into court life there. <laughs> Oh man, and and isn't the the impl implication that the goat child of the guy, the Burkmeister or whatever, is that kid? Yeah. So and, we're like right in the middle of this shit. <laughs> or at least you're a fly on the wall as things are happening Ugh. a bit. <laughs> yeah, we're a fly but you, on you the have wall a piece of information that nobody yeah. else has, and that you know that. Uh, you know that the child, the child, was in the Burkmaster's home. You don't know what happened after that exactly, did, or did you? Did you talk to the Burkmaster about what happened? I think we did. Maybe he did. We did. The, 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 the cats. The cats. Yeah. Did. Oh, okay. Yeah, there were. What did we hear? Bleeding or something like that, and the people disappeared. They heard voices and bleeding, and then. 
So some something Gone without a trace. Something happened. Something arcane. Um, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's unfortunate. Our time was cut short. Were you getting to something? Were you Were you picking at a scab there? I was. I I was. I was. Um. Well, we will be sure that with our success in Lankshorn, that uh, it will be known that Sir Waverley could have assisted, and he did not. I will make sure that that word gets around town. In the in the tale of the huntress and the innkeeper, that is correct. The good, the good Sir Waverley did not lend a hand. I still think right. he came out a little bit strong with the whole money part. Like you know, you're like this poor, poor village in the opposite direction. But anyways, can we have some money? Like I kind of felt that was like you know, you're supposed to make him think he needs to help you. You know, think he needs you need to help him. I think is the route you should have went to, but it's, I'm just saying that's the route I would have gone. Well, the town is supposedly okay. empty, right? Except for it's uh, not this curse and such. I was mm. I was planning on working an angle that if he could assist us with some of his funds Men. for the Griffins for us to hire this, that it would be. I could make sure that it was well known that he had the foresight to drop a little bit of coin and we would then assist later on with the Griffins for the lesser amount from what he gave us at the beginning. Yeah, you're trying to get some upfront money to hire some people to help with that situation, which would have been a good angle. Yes. So Casey just redeemed a rumor. Uh, So. I don't know. Did rats get brought up at some point? Probably. I mean, Topsy's mm-hmm. around. So, some like, uh, some stable boy who's like stacking up. I don't know. He's like, he's like adding the feed to the troughs or whatever. He comes over to Topsy says, Psst, Hey, you're looking for a tip on getting those griffins? I could tell you a tip. They loved eating rats. No. Yeah. Kidding. Yeah. A weird thing too. They had like this this preference. Like I could tell There's different there's different kinds. The fur patterns and the colors, man. There's something to it. I thought the matting was the major part, but there's like a whole pattern system to it. Yeah. You gotta tell me everything. So you ever seen a black haired rat? Like I'm talking black as night. Oh yeah, those are the hardest to find half the time. Yeah, that's what the uh, when the female griffins are getting ready to lay their eggs, they love the black-haired rats. It's good, you know. Nobody around here appreciates it too much, but I round them up because I figure you feed them those those rats, you give them what they want, their offspring are gonna be pretty healthy, right? So I just loaded up. I fed the black-haired rats to uh, the, the, the two female griffins. Oh. They're bigger, too, man. They get more meat off of them. If you have any tips to, like, find these kind of rats, I would appreciate anything you got. Because apparently, your city literally has none of them. It's so bizarre. You can't you find like- them in the city. You gotta go outside the city. You gotta oh. go to the farms. The farmsteads. You know, we did pass an apple 
orchard. That that's technically a farm of sorts. No, you gotta go. You gotta go where they raise livestock, the big barns. Mm. You know, sometimes the farmers they heap up the dung to spread on their fields. That's where you gotta go. You want to get there when it's still fresh, because these rats are big. Like they push out everybody else, man. So you gotta get there early. They're like the king of the crops for the shit piles. Yeah. I see. They're the ones we gotta go after. That's the ticket we need. Yeah. Tell you what, kid. I appreciate it. For all the help. Tell me, what is your favorite snack? Um so everyone likes like cooking up these onions around town. Uh-huh. I don't think I think that's a spoil on what all what the one true God gave us. I just like biting into a raw onion. I eat them like an apple. You feel like the good old fashioned Grimmickin spell just turns to like a little just like milder, just like uh-huh. Well um well close your eyes and count to three. Uh I was what start- the fuck is wrong with this kid? One. And I yeah. And I'll conjure an onion and place it into his hand. Oh. We'll, give him a nice, we'll give him a nice, big, robust yellow onion. Righteous. And he just, like, bites into it. And you hear the crunch. And his eyes just start watering. Mm, that's the stuff. Thanks for the rat tips, kid. Rat tips. So, you got your rat tip. Thanks, Casey. Um, Good. All right. So... Uh, are we heading back to the tavern to pick up your hirelings this evening? Yes, the only thing, uh, if you are still looking... I did not think of asking for a reward from the church, but I we could stop and ask if you'd like. Yeah, I mean, not a reward, just to cover expenses, you know? You know, I do not... I said I didn't mind taking from the the higher ups of the town. To be honest, I do not mind taking from this church either. I, I, it's, you know, the whole establishment and whatnot. So if we wanted to take, obviously they're not doing too much with it here. Uh, you see how the people live. I mean, who's a higher establishment than the worshippers of the one true God? Am I right, Friar? Huh? You're pretty up there. Pretty big guy. You work with the big guy. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that is an option. I don't know how much time we have left. Uh, I don't know what we would, but I, that is an option. I was milling it over. I don't think it would hurt. Yes, I don't know. Not, Alex, not we... Especially if we're going to hire uh, hire people, I would not be opposed to it. I think maybe Alex, if it was possible, the friar would go in and just ask and just. Tell them, tell the, 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 uh, sorry, the Archduke, uh, maybe that we're hiring on some help and it would maybe be helpful to him and his comrades if we were granted some coin. So you go to the three martyrs ministry, Mm -hmm. which is an ancient blocky structure of crumbling sandstone with a square tower roof. Enter through its grand gates. So you will go into the grand, um, the into the church, into the 
kind of prayer and worship center. It has a columned interior. Many of the engravings and such on the wall and the decor of this place depicts a unicorn and cockatrice lounging in the shade of an apple tree. Sort of strange motif for a place dedicated to the one true God. You'll see Adrilene Sumner is uh, maybe quietly praying at the up at the front towards the altar. A slight woman. She has a very uh, fair complexion. She's advanced in years. You know, just a tiny little woman um, with her uh, kind of like a nun's like hood mm-hmm. up. And she will see you and she will say, oh, I'm it feeling is, worse and worse already. <laughs> it is you. You have you returned so quickly. Have you already oh, yeah. made your way out to Langston to deal with that I'm, little matter we talked about? Uh, we, I, I was overzealous and eager, but my companions here uh, reminded me of the uh, whole uh, logistics situation. Uh, apparently we might need a little help. We were wondering, but well, they were one. I was wondering, yes, I was wondering maybe if we might get a few coin to help, uh, get, uh, some higher arms and to help us in this matter. We are, oh boy, I feel, of course. now I'm feeling really better. <laughs> no, 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 no. What is mine is yours, brother. I know. Yes. Oh, well, I thank you, sister. I will be right back. And then she goes and she withdraws into like the private area where, you know, the convent, you know, apparently stays or whatever. And she comes back with like the tiniest little coin purse and she opens it up and she says, how much are you needing? Um, She starts pulling out little coppers and like laying them down (laughs) on the the altar. There's like, there's like 17 coppers there. How much do you think maybe? You can have it all. I know from you. I know you're willing to give it all. I know. I'm thinking more from the church itself. Oh. (laughs) We. (laughs) Couples will buy us a cat. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, I I could (laughs) fill out some requests to... Mm. The church, I could, perhaps I could write to Abbot Hoggle for an advance. Um, Our coffers are a bit depleted just now, but perhaps the powers that be in, oh, uh, Uh. the capital could help. I will write a strongly worded letter. Okay. Yes, please. We are. We will. Uh, okay. <laughs> Give. Um. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming. I don't know if my companions came in with me or not, but I am going to bring out my little coin purse, and I believe I have. Uh, I believe I have like. Uh, let me see. What do I have? I think I only either have ten or five gold coins. But I am going to uh, just kind of... Oh, I have five. Okay, so I'm going to say, all right. Um, I thank you. Uh, 
Yes, yes. And I will hand back I will hand back her coin purse and I'll just hold hold my coin in my hand and go, Okay. Uh thank you very much, yes. If your letters uh, will be appreciated. Um we we will do this. Uh we'll do this for the good of the people. Uh of course. Thank you. Uh thank you, Sundance Kid just redeemed you guys a re-roll. So you got a couple re-rolls here. Oh nice. awesome. Well, we will be off. I sorry to disturb you. All right. So taking your leave of the church, um, uh-huh. wish I'll to go, go and get your hirelings, and I will go back to the group and bring out and have like the five gold coins. I said, "This is what she gave me. Uh, <laughs> this is what she gave me." She said, "This is what she could. She was very such a sweet woman." Uh, <laughs> it might take a bit for that reward, but she assured me that it is coming. Yes. Well, that's unfortunate. Go. Let us, let us leave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. And as we're walking back or whatever, I uh, I say if if we're going to an empty town, that is uh, well Everything not empty. Dark. I think it's best that we have the most warriors that we have. Uh, I will, I will throw in uh, from personal money to hire uh, Chag on. I don't, I don't think you have to do that. If you feel that strongly about it, I say we hire on the two fighters and the hunter. So just to be clear, Chag is a thief. He, he appears to be, you maybe would have thought that he is a warrior just because he is so muscular and such but uh class wise he is a thief i think they're all thieves and then one's a ranger one's or a hunter. hunter yeah yeah i mean i'm 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 fine it's an extra sword along with uh you know i mean if we, i mean if we really need extra muscle i mean we could always hire you know Rhea along i mean she could be pretty helpful as he said more people more bodies <laughs> i mean we had this whole discussion of you know Hiring only two people to keep the costs down, but now we're hiring a third. That's kind of like, you know, a little surreptitiously weird, man. How far is the... If we were to leave and go to Langston, how far is it expected to take? Is it a day's journey, two days? Or do we not know? It's tough because it depends on how you get there. You could go off the road. Like, you're led to believe it's probably within 12 miles of High Hinkle. And it is not really properly in the dolman wood it's like on the outskirts of the dolman wood so you could either like straight away go in the direction where you would hope to find it and that would take you off road um you know potentially you'd find it within a day it probably take you like the entire day to get get hold of it otherwise there is supposedly a an old road called the ditch way that leads there and there's two ways to connect to it. You could either connect up to that old road uh, in Langston, or uh, sorry, in Lankshorn, or you could, so that would take you to the northeast, taking the Sullip Road, or you could go to the northwest along, uh, what is it, Taint? I can't really tell on the map. It's a little, it's not a great resolution. But that road basically leads up to an inn where the road picks up there. So, Anywhere from one to two days, depending on how you get that you 
choose to tackle it. Okay. Or uh, in the case of going through the Langshorn Road route, that would probably be three days. But as maybe the more predictable, <laughs> that's probably the most predictable way to get there. Going off road, the least predictable. Um, taking the northeast road and connecting up at that inn, maybe like, okay, the road is there, which provides a degree of safety, but you don't really know what you're going to encounter that way either. Hopefully I'm laying out those options. Like, okay. Like mm -hmm. the, the most, mm -hmm. the most time investor is going to be like probably the safest. safest. route. Yep. Well, what are we thinking? I am personally kind of thinking we keep our costs down on this first one. Maybe middle. If you're, if option. you like, maybe if, if you like Chag over the other thief, we we take Chag over and and the, the huntress. Yeah. Uh. Over the bar, then it would be the huntress and Chag, and the knight who did not help. Yeah. Well, and having two, two, uh, well, huntresses basically. Well, uh, remember we did get five gold. From that is true. Yes. Don't forget the extra five gold we have. So maybe adding that other person might be okay. So we bring uh, the Huntress, Chag, and the angry innkeeper. Yes. I'm, I am down with that. Uh, I think then probably what would be best or most cost efficient, if we could get there in a day to a day plus a little. I think you're saying we take the wilds route and get there directly. And I was thinking the same thing. Yes. We, well, and we've got the, uh, like I said, we've got two that are good out in, no. in the woods. Mm -hmm. Uh, you'll be helping Farage for food and shit. Yes. And stuff. Brava. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Mother never taught us to talk with such a potty mouth. But I would also, I mean, if we're talking logistics, I would say that we we move most of the day towards there, make camp far enough away that we're not going to have, you know, the undead from the town or whatever come to our camp and maybe have the two uh, outdoorsy types do kind of scouting in the evening. And then what we would do is in the morning go in. I mean, I don't know. I just, it. I would prefer to, uh, not go into the town at night at, yeah. As dusk is setting into the evening, I would prefer to do it in the morning. I don't know if that has anything to do with zombies or whatnot, but I can definitely see better in the daytime yes. than, than at night. And that's mainly my, my thought process on, on what we do. That's fair with that. All right, uh, just to move us along, because we're like an hour and a half in, and I'm getting restless staying in uh, high ankle for too many uh, <laughs> sessions. <laughs> so uh, you're hiring Kezi, Chag, and Tuth? Yes. Any words, Topsy, for poor Ree <laughs> Kivran, who was very excited to join you? Because she's there, and she's waiting patiently at a table with, uh, you know, some of the the... The, the fried onion dish, and she's got a beer in hand, and she's all packed and ready to go. Like, I sit in the chair that's next to her. I take your hands and say, Hi, hey, sweetie. I tried very, 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 very hard to convince 
these muscle-bound boys back here to awesome. let you go. I'm glad because I'm ready to go. So, yeah, I, uh, I know, I know you are, but. There's a bit of a hiccup. They technically controlled the money bags, so I can't... They said no. What? I know you're absolutely a wonderful person, and I would really love to have you here, but I can't, like, get my... They just won't listen. <laughs> she just breaks down crying, <laughs> prefaced by a quivering lip. She grabs hold of you and, like, she buries her face in uh, your shoulder. I'll tell you what, I I will, on this endeavor, and hopefully I don't die, I'm going to try my hardest to convince them to hire you on for the next mission. Because, a little insider secret, we might be planning a very big expedition that might get us a little bit of coin. Wink, wink. And I would very much like to have you there. Isn't she, like, like immediately, like, her lifts her face? cheery face and expression again she says oh good so okay i so uh, wait for, for you right here i don't know if i'll we'll even come back but i'm gonna as i said i'm gonna try my very best to convince them that you are definitely worth the time what kind of face are you gonna use when you try to talk to them about this show me <laughs> <laughs> the face that she will give is like Puts like her hands just like just below her chin and get like the big old cat eyes of just sadness, like pretty please. Aww. <laughs> and she's just like swoons, like she's like, that's gonna work. I know it will. So you part on pretty good terms with Ree. Um, and it seems like she's interested if you were to decide differently. Uh you probably I don't know, maybe like maybe she'll get picked up by a different crew, but if not, she will be here waiting. Um, so you hire on Kezi, Chegg, and Tuth. So, um, thanks, guys. Now I feel horrible. Yeah, but just think about how that rolls off the tongue, Kezi, Chegg. Me both. You and me both. Kezi, Chegg, Tug, and the knight who didn't care. It's gonna be a great ballad. It's gonna be (laughs) wonderful. I bet. Make you so much money. You. So, uh, we will say that their wages really start the next day. Uh, so they, they will, uh, incur living costs. So you'll pay for their lodgings and f- food and such. Oh, uh, gee, just like kids. Huh? Yes. Uh, <laughs> so it'll be 28 silver for this night as you stay at, you'll go back and stay at the, at the inn. Um, is there much carousing or drinking that you're doing at the tavern besides picking these? folks up no not for me i think i'm we're we're thinking to set out in the morning to to go go do the thing so probably not yeah that makes sense so let me just do a little accounting here quick if we were going to do that we would have hired topsy's friend so i'll just going off into the uh, woods we're going to need to buy some rations at least yeah what are we we, how are we looking on that rations let's see I think most uh, of them were on. Well, no, we had some on the cart that we lost. So let's see where we're at. I have five. I have. I'm at four iron rations and four torches. So let's see. Anywhere. I don't have any of that. Oh, it was no, I think we had everything on the cart, and the cart got taken. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have any rations of any type. We're going to the general store. Yep. All right. Uh, so rations, five gold pieces for 
standard seven days rations or 15 for iron. We're going to want to get irons so they don't go bad. Is that per ration, Alex? For seven days. So Seven, seven days. days. Okay. And, the standard and how ration. many of us are there? There's seven of us, right? Including uh, the... There'd be eight of you now. Eight of us. Looks like I have well, like 420 gold on my yeah. character sheet. Well, and I don't know what kind of the rules are, and I'm going to, I guess, you know, metagame a little bit here or whatever, but uh, iron rations tend to be better food, right? Yep, and it Is won't that... spoil. Right, but it's not necessarily better quality food, right? It just lasts longer. Just lasts longer. Just lasts longer. Mm-hmm. So, like, with, with you know, the, the fryer uh, often can generate some food for you, so, like... Iron probably makes the most sense because it'll be it'll be good beyond the week, and you can just use it when to fill needed. in when you as needed. Right. Yeah, because I think between the hunt, the hunters, and the fryer, we can usually scrounge up enough like food and firewood and stuff for camp. But it's good to have those backups. You know, at mm-hmm. least like I would say, I like I personally like to have like a week's backup for everybody in the party just in case. So if we can do seven days for, what is it, seven people or eight people? How yeah. much good? That's 15 gold for seven days per person for the iron rations? Yeah. So that's what it... 15 times, was it eight it's people? It's 120 gold. It's 120 gold. So, I I mean, I've got, I've got 420. That'll bring us down to 300. Okay. Sounds good. Whatever um, they don't use, they could give us back. Are you doing yeah. that accounting, Alex, or should I take it off here? Uh, take the gold off, and I'll add the rations. Okay. Yeah, and just everybody carries a week of their own, right? That's kind of how we work that. Because we're not really going out into the woods with anything but our backpacks. And- yep, yeah, everybody just put, a, yeah, or he'll put a week's worth of rations on everybody's. Yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it as uh, we conclude the session. Okay, so yep, that's food. Do we have anything else, like torches or oil for any lanterns that we have, any of this kind of business. I believe that our lantern was carried by our elf friend. Oh. So I don't know that we have a lantern anymore. We may want to purchase one and some oil. Um, You guys, we were keeping a lot of stuff on that cart. Uh Yes, we were. Mm -hmm. That's a less, there's a a life's lesson in there. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Make sure to pay your fees. (laughs) I think we're good. So, uh, evening comes. You have a restful night at the at the at the inn, and in the morning, let's do some rolls. I, I didn't even roll to see what the weather looks like. So, 
could impact things, I suppose. I forgot Topsy could just like walk away with his big payday. That's true. <laughs> just remember, I'm not. I'm still here. I have all your money and I stick around. <laughs> remember that. All right. Maybe next time we'll hire your friend. It is autumn. And today there are brooding clouds overhead. It's a bit gloomy as you make your way out. Basically, uh, this is just like all farm fields that you're going to start traveling over. Oh. Farm fields? <laughs> farm fields. And uh, oh, farm steps. Oh. You want to do a search for some rats? I mean... Only the big black ones. You see um, a, a totally abandoned farmstead that is um, on the horizon. Give me... You got a roll. You've got a mechanism for that? No, it's just as if I eat large rodents, I get stuff. Okay. Uh, no mechanics. Roll a d6 for me. You got it. Two. Two. So this dilapidated structure, there's no evidence that there is anybody uh, that attends to this farm. The uh, The fields are overgrown. You know, the corn stalks, tall. Nobody has harvested any of this. Um... But over by the, the the farm, you are sniffing about, looking. Your vigilant eyes do see really large rodents that seem to be uh, kind of going in and out of the barn. Like they're twice the size of a normal rat. Black fur, really them. long, naked tails. It's them. The good rats. I mean, all I need, I just need just you know, a few could be wonderful. I'm just saying. I will, because <laughs> I've been waiting for this for a while, I guess I'll just start to, like, level my crossbow. It's like, just, just need one. Just, just one rat. One rat. Okay. That's all I need. Take a shot. Yeah. Seven. You roll a seven? Okay. So it misses, and the, you know, just narrowly, the, the, the rat, Get spooked, the one that you were trying to hit, and it like scurries into the barn. I got you cornered now. Um, I guess I don't know if the group is with me or not, but I'm just like, I found the rats, or they're all hiding. The good ones, they're all in that barn over there. Oh, good, get them. The nice, but I listen, I tell you, I mean, I'm a pretty good expert rat hunter, but. No one should ever do anything alone. If you really think about it, these little guys, they can just scamper away and like, they can all go right past your feet. You would never know. He's going to look to his brother. It's, it's the least you could do for me, considering you didn't hire the person I would want to bring along. I will help you. I will do yeah. my best to help you get a rat. Jeffrey's going to, you know, cool. grab their chide sword and just be like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> so. You guys move forward, um, you know, the the farmhouse, like the residence, is um, kind of adjacent to a, a well. Um, it looks like there's maybe like a little personal garden there that is entirely like overrun with weeds. An old scarecrow that is just like totally in disruin, like all of its, like the the corn filling or whatever that filled the bags of the thing have totally been ripped apart by birds. And there's a couple of there's a couple of ravens that or uh, crows uh, that look on as you approach the building, and you you can kind of hear squeaking 
the sounds of the rodents, uh, you know, layering within as you approach this big, um, white structure that serves as the barn. And it's got like kind of a sunken roof, not well maintained. The barn door is kind of like a, it's like on a track, like a sliding kind of door. And it's, it looks like maybe the, the track is bent a little bit and the, the door probably would be a little, you'd probably have to give a tug to try to force it open. Let's see here. I heard an excellent story. These are the good type of rats that could help nourish you in times of great exertion. But all we need is just to get a couple of them and then we'll be set. I mean, think of this as practice for our hirelings, if you really want to think about it. Have them show us their skills, you know? Kind of make it like a whole team effort of a team-building exercise. Like, the person who can kill the most rats wins. All right? Right, Thomas? Huh? Okay. He gets so does uh, somebody want to try to force this door open? Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll stick the, the tip of my sword in and try to, you know, wedge it open. Yeah, give a d6 roll for the strength check. Uh, there we go. A d6. A two. Two, okay. <clears throat> you you give it your all, and you manage to... Uh, doesn't really roll, but you, you were able to kind of bust it open a bit, you know, and, and force it along the track, and it leads in sunlight. You know, the filtered sunlight from the very cloudy, overcast skies uh, filters in to the barn where uh, there are just, like, kind of these, like, rows of pens, right, for a cattle or whatever that was kept here once upon a time. But there, there, there is only one thing that your attention is drawn to, and that is that there is this body of a... It's like a carcass of a goat, dead, and it is entirely bloated and um on its side it looks like there's like these puffs of balloons that are growing off of its flesh and like kind of pulsing and the rats there's like like six rats that are like scurrying around this thing and seem to be like nipping and biting at it and eating its flesh mm. yeah at the rats oh they look well fed that, that more- goat I I don't know I. It it, is it, it, yeah, is it like living? What is it? It's like it's, uh, it. I mean, by all accounts, it's like completely. You know, it's flesh. You could see pieces of bone jutting out of the body, but like it still has its skin attached. Like it's it's rotting, but it's not completely deteriorated or decomposed. And it's like almost moving and writhing the skin. Oh no. Oh, what is underneath? There's just like crimson stain <laughs> on the on the the dirt underneath it. Hopefully, more rats. Should I give it a good with my sword? Like maybe we shoot it from back here. Okay, I like that. Who's? Oh yeah, we'll have somebody shoot it. One of the hunters. All right, uh, you're, you're directing Kezi to take a shot at the the goat body. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do we want? Do we want to shoot the rat first? Do you, we need? You need that rat, don't you? Mm. You know, pretty good. Can we ask Kezzy to shoot a rat before we shoot the goat body? Sure. Should I'm, try to do that? Nag, nag the rat first. There you go. Yeah. You got what you came for. Okay, she hits. Um, 
And 1d6 plus 1. Oh. Uh, it's 7 points of damage. She manages to, like, skewer one of the rats that goes flying off of the corpse, her arrow having pierced it, and drops to the ground. There we are. Got the one. But now my morbid curiosity is really intrigued about this goat. You said there's some like a bulbous thing on it that's pulsing. It's got like these tumors like all over writhing, its body right? that are kind of writhing and bubbling up off of its skin, like they're moving. Do one of those. Yes, we we are far back. We are ready. So go ahead and shoot. Kezi is, <laughs> says, "Um, okay, I I've been hired by you. Uh, you are paying me for these services, but I must ask a question. Why?" For shits and giggles. <laughs> I don't know how you keep on saying shit. Don't be saying it. Think of it as target practice for if things are coming at you and they look bulbousy and gross, like the undead that might appear. Okay. She draws another bow and another arrow, and she. Do you think it? Wait, hold on. Do you think it's bad? Do you think we should be doing this? No, you would know. Oh, and she's just well, like I, I, I didn't pack enough arrows for this that I'm just going to be shooting, you know, she's like, <laughs> but I mean, he, yeah. if my, you don't want to shoot, I can shoot it. It's fine. It's okay. No, you I, I, I can shoot it. Um, no, it's okay. If you don't want to shoot, I can shoot. I'm just saying. It's not going to look good on your permanent record, though. She just, like, ignores you. She takes the shot. Uh, nat 20. <laughs> she strikes at the body of the goat thing, which uh, as it strikes into it, Almost immediately, the ball, the whole body pulses and heaves. She has created a seam in it that has apparently released some bit of pressure, and the whole body explodes in a violent shower of fleshy shrapnel. I'm going to say you, you all are not in in there. You are, mm-hmm. you just opened the door and are are shooting it, but you you can see like the rats kind of like fly off of its body and get dispersed. And uh, yeah, why don't we roll? Initiative, real quick. What? <laughs> I rolled a two. All right, who's doing it? I'll do it. Okay. I need a rat. Five. Five. Okay, you guys go first. So there's like, there appears to be two of these giant rats that have been flung over in your direction. Oh. And so they are over by you, like within. They are within twenty feet of you, your group. So you win initiative. Any movement that you wish to take. We're ki- uh, our goal is to kill these rats, right? I mean, that's basically uh-huh. what we're doing. We're fighting these rats. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna stay there, and you. I'm gonna stay there and do a range attack. rats. I'll and- move to engage the rats. Okay. I think uh, Chag and Tuth will both move up. Well, Chag has a longbow, so he might stay at range, but Tuth, the angry barkeep, is going to be wielding a... He has a spear in hand. Is, it, was he, is he mumbling under his breath, or how does he look when he has to go up against these rats? Actually, he's he's got a, uh, a, a dagger in hand, like, well-practiced. Mm-hmm. He's like... He's he's an old ex barkeep. Like he seems like he's very comfortable getting up and engaging these rats. Like this is a this is a job that he has done many many times. So he doesn't seem too too bothered by it. If you've ever had to work. Out pegs before, you know the deal. 
All right. Uh, how about uh, Joffrey? What are you moving up into melee? Yes. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, how about our ranged attacks? So Kezi will take a shot for sure. Man, she's killing it. A sixteen to hit. It's really using that a uh, gold dice you were using yesterday. Yep, it's it's working yeah, it's in your favor today. So <laughs> gold dice. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. So she will hit one d six. She manages to kill one of those rats, which it itself explodes a little bit oh. in a smaller manner. But we've got uh, Tuth, Thomas, and uh, Sir Joffrey. I'm going to say you're you're up there and, and potentially in the spray of this thing. Give me. Um, get my good dice out and done. Give, uh, give me saves versus breath weapon. We'll call it. Tuth does not make it. Uh, I got a twenty. Okay, you're good. And Sir Joffrey, an eight. Would you like to use one of your rerolls? Yes. A 16. And that's above your breath weapon save, it I imagine? Okay. <laughs> so you see as this thing, like, kind of blows up, some of that juice, like, lands in the face of Tuth, who's kind of like, oh, God, get it off! And he's, like, just, like, wiping it, like, trying to get it off his face. But that that's what you see. Um, okay, other ranged attacks. I think Chag had a longbow, too. I'll have him go quick. Oh. Yeah, he hits. Huh, okay. And he scores six points of damage, which kills the other one. Uh-oh. Um, I, I won't require a second save, I don't think, on this one. Yeah, so the two of them, just as quickly as they started scurrying towards you, uh, your two ranged individuals there were maybe able to take them down. But um, you're just looking over at Tuth, who just looks kind of like a little bit nauseated, I guess, as we exit combat. Leaning over, heaving a little bit. Does it remind you of that onion? That sweet onion broth you love so much? Uh, rather, I'm going to go and try to get some water and kind of wipe. Like, stop moving. Here you are. You're okay. You go I and think. you clean them up a bit. His eyes are just a little bloodshot. Um, real red. Oh. <laughs> Got a little bit in your eyes, huh? Uh, I mean, yes, but I mean, do you think what was that? Exploding rats, exploding goats, crazy, huh? It's odd. Dolmenwood is wild. <laughs> I mean, we should maybe look uh, like like we have we everything's taken care of. All the rats, the goat, everything. I mean, can we look around a bit? See, does it seem like this was like a corrupted animal of some sort? Does it does it look kind of like the unicorn, like the the weird bulbous stuff, or what? What's going on here? Hard to say. I mean, now that the the corpse is kind of deflated, um, you know, it looks like it, this animal has probably been dead for several days. There is some evidence of like maggots in its flesh. Um, you know. Flesh has been digested by the rats. Um, there's a rotting smell to it. This is not fresh meat at all. Um, the rats themselves seem uh, that they have like the early characteristics of some kind of tumor growing in them as well. At which I point, would not Tuth is eating those. 
Gross. Yeah, Tuth is like, like he's still wiping his eyes a little bit, and he's like, "All of this was was for you, kitty cat. I would not That's suggest right. eating <laughs> that meat." Oh. oh, if it means anything, I can't get sick like you guys. It's okay. Do, 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 do. He's gonna walk over and just start picking up rats. Uh, yeah, so there are, uh, well, at least uh, three there uh, that you could choose from. Probably two that are only, like, really have any meat on them, because the one kind of exploded. I'll take the nicer ones just to not gross everyone out. Sounds and, good. Uh, kind of just carry them with me till we camp. Sounds good. So carrying on... Um, you're continuing to move. I guess I should do a roll quick. That was disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> so uh, your two hunters keep you very keep you on target here as you are moving forward, trying to get in the direction of Langston. If I remember correctly, you wanted to like camp like re- relatively earlier in the evening, such that you didn't actually get to Langston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we wanted to arrive into Langston, I believe, with the sunrise. This too, okay. Um, so it is a relatively. Uh, besides this early, uh, like in the in the late morning, you stop after this had this encounter with the rats. Uh, the rest of the day is pretty uneventful, and you will uh, you're just eventually the farmlands and such give way to more hilly terrain it's still not like forest you know there's there's signs of vegetation and trees and things like that it's just not the density of the dolmen wood but eventually you find a good stop off place to like build a camp um atop one of these hills that will give you a good vantage point to see if anything might uh, creep up on you there's a little bit of tree cover there uh to give you shelter um nice place to build a campfire so your hunters kind of get to work uh setting some things up yeah i'll probably garage for firewood so for collecting firewood who all is engaged in that i'll be one i'll be another go ahead and roll d6s five four okay plenty of firewood for the evening uh, Friar, did you want to do a foraging check for the day? I would. I was going to ask uh, to do that before. Just that would maybe affect our rations. Let's see. Oh, I got a two, so I find something. I just need to see if there's special foraging in this hex. Foraging. Do 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 do. Roll me a d6 again. It is a four. Okay, so you're going to find a plant. Roll a d20. 12. Okay, so uh, throughout the day, you've been collecting this root. Um, it's actually been something that maybe you've been collecting a little bit as you, like, later in the day. Um, as you've been traveling amongst the um, the hills, kind of the, mm-hmm. the, the, the dip between the hills, the lowland, there has been some areas where there's been a bit of moisture or water that is collected, like small pools. And in these pools, um, almost like kind of boggy, like marshy areas, um, you can find this plant called lank leaf root. Lank leaf root. Okay. You can pull it up out of the water, and it's got kind of these bulbous uh, 
kind of kind of spherical roots that are kind of spiny that collect off of it. Um, and you can boil them, and the roots will dissolve into a starchy pudding. It has a pleasant, smoky flavor. So that is uh, apparently what you are feeding everybody this evening. Mm-hmm. And sure. This will produce, produce enough to feed five. So just three rations will be needed to make up the difference. And we can say, uh, if you want, I could just have it be directed off your hirelings here. Yes. Right, so I made the item and now I'm deleting it. <laughs> but you know what? I want to take note of what it looks like so that I'm able to identify it again. And you got firewood. Any camaraderie happening this evening? Sure. You can go I'll, ahead and uh, do a charisma check. I will play a little music and tell the tale. Oh, 17 on the die. So am I rolling my charisma or under? Is that what I'm doing? Um, or is it a DC type thing? Either way, my charisma is 17. So I, so you make it. Yeah. Brave. So we ran away, bravely ran away, away. And you all have bedrolls and tents and everything like that. So you're going to get a good night's rest here with everything there. Alex, one question. Uh, I'm just I'm just asking just to see if this will make a difference. My my the fryer is able to do like double doses of things. Would that did you take that into effect as far as the food, or oh, you get that? double the yield? Yes. Okay. Then uh, you are able to feed everybody. Okay. Iterations live to be eaten another day. I hope you like the pudding. And have your meat if you don't eat your pudding. <laughs> you got a watch order for this evening? I'll take last watch. I can take first watch. I'll take first watch, too. I will do uh, one of the middle ones with uh, Chag. Sounds good. I'll have uh, maybe Kezzy and Little Beth in the middle, too, there. So we got Topsy and Fryer, Chegg, and uh, Thomas. And then we got, at the end, I'll put um, Joffrey and the rest. I guess it would be Joffrey and Tuth. So, evening comes. Belly's full of pudding and sustenance. You've got a warm fire going. And watches begin. So it gets to be about, like, 3.34. Joffrey and Tuth, you, the two of you, take over for Kezi and Lilibeth. Still pretty overcast. It's still dark as the two of you are sitting around the fire. Tuth is not looking good. You see him across from you in the light of the flame, and his head is bowed down. You hear dripping. And as you look over and you gaze at him, he's kind of heaving in, wheezing a bit, and you look at his face, he is just bleeding from his eyes and from his ears. Hey, Tuff, you, you okay over there, buddy? Uh, I don't feel well. I'm gonna He's wake just wiping. My... I'm gonna tell him, stay right where you are. Don't touch anybody or anything. I'm gonna get my brother. I'm gonna wake the party. And I'm going to wake my brother, you know, I'm going to explain everybody what's going on. I'm going to wake my brother Lats and say, hey, we got we got a situation here. Is there anything in your bag of tricks you think could help with this? I or any ideas? 
What do you think's happening? Does that have I, to do I with believe. The, the, the that stuff that 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 got in his eyes? Yes, yes, and unfortunately, I unless it's a curse, I'm kind of not sure what I can do. The one true God has not granted me enough to pray this away. Do we think that this is related to poison or magic? I do have an ostrich potion. What was what does that do? I think it cures poison. Oh, that's what I've written down. I would guess disease, but um. disease, yeah, probably not poison. He kind of slumps down to the ground, and you could just see he's like kind of trying to pull himself weakly closer to the fire. And here you are discussing options. It is still dark out. You know, you've got a couple hours yet before sunrise, and you hear a faint giggle on the air. A childlike giggle. Oh, no. Oh, we don't like this. Is it it coming from any direction, or is it just like in most sound? You look over in the direction from where you heard it, and you can see a little girl in Mm. kind of commoner's clothes, kind of overalls, um, just barely visible in the light of your campfire, in the starlight. She's like putting um, like a finger up to her lips. Oh man, I'm sort of inclined to listen to her (laughs) and be quiet. Oh man, I want to ask her stuff, but then she points at she points at your campfire, and she goes. She covers her eyes, telling us to put the campfire out. Put the campfire out. That is what this. I think. I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm going uh, to say that's a bad idea. Yeah, I don't normally listen to ghosts. Can I, would I be able to walk around still looking at, around at the other party and just maybe trying to like start kick to wake, with my foot? Yeah, you're starting to wake yeah. up. Yep, you start mm-hmm. to do that. Um, and the time that it takes you to wake up Thomas and uh, Topsy and the rest, the little girl gets a little bit closer and she just whispers, she says, it's time to play. What are we hiding from? We have to hide from the seeker. Where should... Where's the best place to hide? Follow me. Is the seeker bad? Do we need... Seeker is bad. We don't want to get caught or we'll lose. Oh, this horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I know a good hiding place. Who are you? Little girl. I'm B, like the bug, but not spelled the same. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> Where are your parents? They're at home. Where is home? She's just like kind of points from like the direction where she came from, kind of generally to like the north. Does she appear like solid? I mean, she's not like a ghost or anything, right? Uh, she doesn't appear to be, but it's, she's only on like, like she's like at the edge of the light. Um, so if you're trying to ascertain that, like you probably don't give full faith to like what you're seeing. Like there'd be a question of that. Whether she's corporal or not. Yeah. All right. Um, before we do anything, I'm going to bring my flute up and I'm going to start playing 
and see if it affects her. I'm going to do the uh, fascination thing. Not used this before. We're going to go down to Fascination Street. Yep. Uh, playing music. Uh, Minstrel can fascinate subjects in a 30-foot radius. Music and singing. Uh, up to two hit dice creatures per level. Uh, at first level, I can fascinate mortal persons. Each subject must save versus spell or be fascinated. I am doing it more or less as a test to see if she is actually a young girl or something else. Okay. So you start playing. She seems to notice that you are playing. And she, she again, like, like eyes wide, she goes, shh, shh. And then she's going to, like, move away from you. Like, she, she goes, she enters into the darkness. Oh, boy. She seems genuinely scared of whatever this thing is. Yeah, but I do not think that she is immortal. I would agree. And you look down, you you hear a... <gasps> you look down at your comrade, Tuth, who is just, like, bleeding out of his mouth now. Like, his whole face is just this stream of bloody streak. And he kind of gives a heave, and it gives, like, one last intake of air and then he's still no oh, more breath does he draw okay well i'm glad we keep brought three on, let's keep an eye on that one <laughs> very glad we brought three uh, he may start um, moving i would i would suggest i mean as this is happening i w want to uh, direct lilibeth and the other huntress and just say, see if see if that little girl left tracks as uh, I move a couple of steps away from the dead guy who is probably going to grow bulbous things. And I'm not going to touch him because I don't want to catch whatever Jeffrey, ailment he has. Jeffrey sort of thinks that we should put out the fire and hide. If we can't follow, if the, if the ghostly girl is gone and we cannot follow her to her hiding space, I say we... We take cover, watch this body, because I have a feeling something may be coming for it. Yeah. So, uh, Lilibeth and Kezi will move forward. After a few minutes or so, they will return back, and they will say that they don't see tracks, but they saw the little girl continuing to uh, motion for them. Uh, and you yeah. put out the fire? I think we should put up the fire and follow the girl. Brother. It's, I don't either way. But I'm a sucker for, for, you know, ghostly creatures, I guess. But I, I it seems this ghostly creature seems genuinely frightened and genuinely wants us to be quiet. Yeah, and I'm, tr and I'm trusting that. And I'm just going to trust that. I've, yes. I will, of course, I will, I will trust your intuition. Uh, uh. So you put out the fire, and uh, a little bit difficult to see at this point, um, but not impossible. You're, you got the open, or the, it's just very, very dark. Um, mm -hmm. But you are being led by the voice of this little girl who says, follow me, follow me. You start yeah, Griffin <laughs> doesn't seem like a bad idea, actually, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, what was that? The I said the Griffins. Doesn't sound oh, yeah, like right. such a bad idea right now. <laughs> yeah, for real. 
So you begin to move forward following the voice of this little girl, you know, climbing down from the the hill that you were on. Uh, she seems, you know, you're kind of getting down again into like kind of soggy, wet earth. It's not like you're not wading through pools or anything, but just kind of like the early sense of maybe marshland territory. And as you progress uh, over land here, you will uh, come across a like kind of waterlogged old trail that seems to cross your path. On the other side of it, um, there is a copse of uh, elm trees, and you can see kind of the outline of a structures that seem submerged, a whole town that is sunken into a marshland. Well, looks like we found what we were looking for. And the little girl, uh, so the, there is like a weird light that se- seems to kind of pervade the village. Almost like there is, you're not really like like super close to the village yet. You just see like the silhouettes of these structures and they're accented by some kind of light that you can see within uh, amidst the buildings. You're not close enough to really ascertain what that is, but that's how you're able to see this. But the little girl seems to be, her voice seems to be drawing you sort of away from the village, like off to the east. Away from the village, you said? Yeah. Uh, Kind of adjacent to the village, but not into the village. Yeah, I mean, I think we stick with her for now, right? Yeah, we followed her this far, yeah. So you begin to follow her. You're kind of your boots are sloshing now, and the the water is starting to get a little bit thicker. There's actually a few inches of water that you're sort of wading through, and you come upon a, I guess we could call it a grove, kind of a ring of elm trees that uh, seem to sur- surround a pit. And looking in, you can see the remains, bones of dozens upon dozens of bodies. Oh, great. Many Let's of not them follow my intuition next time, guys. Seem to be maybe kind of charred. Is there any way to tell if any of them are child-sized? There are some. Adult size as well. Since everything is so wet, is there any indication looking around? I mean, I know it's dark or anything of um, a flame source or a heat source. No, um, not here at this at this pit. Um, you see the little girl in your vision, and she's pointing at a tree, and you hear her whisper, "This is my favorite hiding spot." And she starts to like climb up into the tree, and as you look up, you can see hanging in the tree are a myriad of skeletons that still have rotten nooses, kind of clinging or hanging onto the the bodies. Any of those children? Um, no. These these okay. these would all be adults. But you can see she climbs. She doesn't seem to take notice of the grisly nature of that. Like she's just climbing up into the the tree. B, who is the seeker? Who is the seeker? B. I'll go up and look in the tree. Follow her. As you go and you take a look at this tree, you will see that there are names that have been carved into the tree. Like rows upon rows of names. I'm going to ask the ghost girl, what is this place? She says, this is uh, Langston. Have you ever been here before? This is where I live. We're well taken care of. 
My sister is really sick, so she can't come out and play. Oh my goodness. But we're going to be we're going to be okay. Saint Howarth is with us. He will heal us. He will heal my sister. Where is he? He's at the church. Mm. I'm going to point towards where where I think the town is, and, and I'm going to say the, the church is there. And she nods. Are you sick? I hope not. A lot of people are getting sick, but he's yeah. a miracle worker, my mom said. She said it'll oh. be okay. We just have to put our faith in the one true God. He wouldn't let anything bad happen to us. The friar just kind of like closes his eyes and just like listens and just slowly like kind of shakes his head. Tell me about the seeker. Usually my sister is the seeker, but today Janie is taking, she's the seeker. Are you ever the seeker? Sometimes I'm the seeker. But not today. No. And what happens if the seeker finds you? Mm, then you just play again. Okay. That doesn't sound so bad. No, it's sometimes it's fun to be the seeker, but I prefer to hide. I'm really good at hiding. Well, we want to be really good at hiding. Are are you good at keeping secrets? I'm very good at keeping secrets. Well, if you can, we would like to keep it a secret that we're here so that we can stay hidden. Just like you like to stay hidden. I can keep that secret. Actually, I'm not supposed to come over here. Well, I can keep that secret. Okay. We'll then keep... we can keep secrets for each other. Okay. I promise. But it's over happy. I promise too. Pinky Swerve. Um, I don't know. The adults started digging this hole. Oh. Your, your hiding place, is it just up in the tree or is there... A place in the tree that you hide. Just up in the tree. Um, it's really big, and I can climb really high. Usually, the seeker doesn't come over here. And has this tree always been this way, with these carvings and these decorations? She, like, looks around, and she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm. Oh, you looking for carvings? And then she, like, points at, like, a different tree, and she says... Okay, don't tell my mom, but I carved something in that tree over there. You know, when you go and take a look, there's just a, like her initials are carved into the tree. It, it, it's a very it's different It's like type very of different, right? yeah. Like it's, <laughs> what? Uh, what she just misconstrued uh, what you yeah. meant, uh, and yeah. it has nothing to do with this, uh, apparently this tree is serving as some kind of a tombstone. What is, uh, we're feeling like maybe she's not experiencing reality the same way that yes. we are. What is your healer, the miracle worker? What is he doing to people to help them? He has divine powers, they say. A gift given to him by the one true God. He can lay on hands you and give you a blessing and teach you to have faith. That is it. I don't know. I don't know how it works, but I believe. I was going to say, it seems like you have faith. Mm -hmm. You sure do. Does everyone else here have as much faith as you? Yes. Many really? people come here because they have heard of his miracles. I've seen it. He can. He can heal you. My parents were really sick several years ago. They call it leprosy. 
it was really bad here in Langston, but St. Horth came and he healed everyone. That was years ago? Mm-hmm. And he has returned? Yeah, he he helped build the church, and he stays here now with us. Uh. Now, there was a, a, a legend or a, a rumor or something involving the that saint and some kind of curse or something. What, what, I'm trying to recall that now. I think, uh, yeah. Um, I think the, uh, I think he maybe even if you just are mentioning it, mentioning it, the friar without like saying anything with uh, just bring out like his prayer cards and go to his, I would say maybe they would have a description of kind of what each saint does. And he would kind of hand it off. To you, so you might be able to kind of read it without without saying it out loud. About it. Yeah, but so there's a couple of variations um, of the story of Saint Howarth. One of them is that he gave a uh, traveling woman a ride in his cart, uh, who was uh, hard up, uh, had been robbed and whatnot. He gave her a ride and brought her to a settlement. Then she revealed herself to be. A hag or a fay or something and offered to give him a gift that was forbidden in the eyes of the one true God. There's another version of the story that says that he had um, came across this thing, this man beast with hooves upon his feet, the legs of an oxen pulling a cart, sweating and straining, straining to drag the thing. And he, um, released him, he prayed for him, and um, asked the man to swear his life to the one true God, and the man revealed himself to be a, a fey creature, and offered to grant him a gift that would allow him to uh, enhance his magical healing miracles ability, abilities, and the, in this story, St. Horth uh, accepted the gift. Um, so there's kind of variations of this different type of story, but one way or another, it is the story is that whatever story you listen to, he accepted something outside of the faith. Mm -hmm. uh, another quick question that the, the names that we see written all over the tree and the text and whatnot, is there anything familiar about the way that's written and the grimoire that we've looked at that Thomas is carrying? Um, like, it, I don't think just, no. I don't think no. you draw any connection between the two. Okay. And I just want to real quick um say thank you to we got a couple of followers here. So thanks Ooh. Chasing Twenties for the follow, and thank you Savage Splendor for following us and hanging out with us here this morning. Appreciate that. Um, Topsy. Yep. I was curious if you would be willing. You're the smallest amongst us. Sure. Uh, probably the most nimble. Sure. Would you be willing to sure climb up the tree <laughs> as far as you can? Sure. And s I see if perhaps there's anything in the upper boughs where a young child would be able to go. I mean, yeah, me a climb. Okay. <laughs> so I will uh, shift my form to that of a more of a just a regular house cat. And start scaling the tree. So you scale up the tree, um, and it rises a, I don't know, 60 feet up. It's like a pretty tall elm tree. 
you don't see anything like crevices or anything like like there's just like good you know leaf cover up top and that seems to be where the the little girl as you jump up um she's oh kitty and she just like starts like kind of going up the (laughs) up the limbs with you um but you get a pretty good vantage point at this point of the village and what you can see looking down in is like the entire all the buildings all of the little cottages are many of them are wholly submerged up to their roofs at least in the center of the village um and it seems like the the bog gets deeper the closer uh one goes to the the very center of the village is the um the church and you can see the sunken church um its steeple and such is still protruded out of the sludge being the tallest building in this little village but uh the village itself is lit because there's flickering flames that seem to uh be right on the surface of the bog water like there's nothing sustaining them other than just kind of like almost like looking at oil kind of burning but they're just like little concentrated fires of you know, like little campfires, isolated. Any signs of other activity other than the flames and the bog, I guess? Movement, otherwise? None that you see. You don't see, like, activity other than the, the flames. And the pool is not, like, a. it's slimy. Probably not want to walk in that. No. It's probably oily. It's probably, it might <laughs> be flammable. Um... I'm going to ask the girl where her and her sisters live. And she'll say, oh, we, we, our cottage is on the the western side of town. It, it's uh, it's the blue, the blue house. There's a swing on the hanging from the tree in the front yard. Two swings, one for each. My sister's too sick to swing right now, though. But um, B. What happens when you... What does this sickness look like? She has a cough. Um, she's having a hard time maybe breathing. Huh. Well, I will pray for you, for you and your family. Are you a healer too? I, I am a man of the faith, B. I've, we have, we're traveling by and... It's been a pleasure to meet you. Ryer? Uh, yes, I am a... Help us. Please. Heal us. And then you just watch, she, like, starts, like... Her flesh just starts, like, kind of flaking off and decaying until there's nothing left uh, but a skeletal frame. Oh. Uh, and then the bones kind of collapse and fall. I... I feel... Um, so, well, we must, we must begin right away. I must bless this place first before we go into town. Let us begin. Should we, uh, should we cut those bodies down and put them in the hole? Uh, yes. Uh, what would, um, I am going to, for mechanical purposes, I will be, uh, casting a bless as a ritual. That okay. will consecrate uh, an area or purify an area, especially this area right here. Uh, what what would that look like as far as like what I would need to do? Um, so you've got your prayer book out and, um, you know, you probably have some uh, 
some incense and things like that that you'll maybe hang from the trees as you can. You cut down the bodies. You know, it's just like a little bit of a process. Um, perhaps even, you know, doing something to bury the remains that are here. Because ba- basically you're looking into a big burn pit. They, somebody tried, it looks like, to memorialize the people by scrawling their names into the trees, but maybe based on some of the things that you're starting to pull together, that it seems like some kind of sickness probably swept through this village at an alarming rate to the point that they couldn't they couldn't deal with the the bodies, and they were trying to maybe get rid of the illness altogether by burning the corpses here. So they, they just need kind of a proper burial as a part of the blessing. And so probably this will take you a few hours to, to do everything and like daylight will come at that point. And there's a sort of like a fog that exists within and among the buildings. Uh, there's daylight. You could still see kind of like, uh, it seems like the flickering of the flames goes out as daylight comes. But mm-hmm. uh, in the daylight, the village is haunting in a sort of different type of manner. I would ask uh, my brother to uh, take one of the hirelings to keep watch in the surrounding area. And I would ask the others to uh, to pray uh, whether or not you do is fine. But he would do a, a initial prayer. Uh, speaking about the souls here and uh, the shame. And though they died, they were still faithful. Uh, whatever, and kind of praying to the one true God himself, uh, ask them what if anything was bestowed upon them or misconstrued, uh, they were faithful to you, uh, one true God, and do not punish them for... Uh, if they were misguided in any way. And then from there, he'd begin to start trying to do this process. Awesome. We'll give the friar a bonus uh, 200 experience points for doing this blessing. But after doing so, uh, you don't get the sense that it has expunged the curse of this town. Mm. And I'll put my arm, you know, on my brother's back and just say, you know, uh, you, you've done your best here, but I think we're going to have to deal with whatever the, you know is cursed upon the saint here um, in order to free the rest of the town. Yes, I've... Well, he's going to kind of look to him and say, that is why I prepared a second bless spell. Let us begin. He's going to just kind of shake his head, knowing that that first one didn't work and he's ready... He's let us begin. To do it again in the same space. No, no, here. no. He no. He's ready to go let into us, town. To go into town. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm with you. Let's do it. But I, 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 we may be suffering. We didn't get all our rest, though, huh? Uh, you, you've got your rest. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll count it as rest. Okay. So you're gonna start to move into the village, making your way towards the church. I think that's the logical. I, I think either the church or or the girl's house. Um, do you think that we should try to speak to her sisters and get some more information on the situation? Should should we go directly to try to intervene with the saint? I don't know if they will be there, brother. No, they may not be. But um, they're 
spirits, maybe. The church had was like the only place that had any kind of. Oh yeah, it's all submerged, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean everything. Is, I think everything is submerged. I guess with that being noted, is like, are we even able to traverse to the to the church without like making some kind of like new or something? So I'm going to take that question and imply that you're taking action to figure that out. So um, you guys start like moving through the bog and you're wading through, you know, on the outskirts of the village, it's probably, you know, ankle deep, but the further you wade in, it starts to rise up to um, like your knees and such. And probably as you're like approaching kind of the, the inner square where, you know, the buildings start to, the buildings are like sunken. So the water line, as you're trudging through the, the, the sludge and whatnot, even though it's like only up to like maybe your knees or whatever, the buildings themselves have been like submerged into the earth and everything. So, oh. you know, you're, you're wading through water and like you'd, you'd anticipate it being like a big deep lake, but part of it is just the fact that they have sunk. Sunk. Um, but it does get pretty deep, and so you, by the time you get to the church, you're going to ascertain that it's probably going to get at least up to, like, hip. And I don't know how <laughs> how your Grimmelkin is uh, faring in all this water, but... I'm um, going to uh, pick him up by his, the tuft on the back of his neck and put him on my shoulder. <laughs> yeah. But probably more unnerving than uh, just the, the moisture, the, the, the water level and such. As you're getting closer to the church, you can see that there are bodies in the pool. Just, just floating, floating on by. Uh, bloated bodies, any any signs of pustules or um, any of like that, that um, cancerous looking bubbly shit? Um, nothing quite like that. Um, just sort of timeless, like, like clearly dead, pale skinned. They're uh, clothing and such is just tattered and ruined, but um, there's still flesh on them. Like they seem like they're there's some kind of preservation effect on them. Not good. How close are we now to the? Uh, as we come closer to, do we notice any kind of movement, any signs of life, or is it all just still dead? Bodies. Pretty still. Uh, there's no wildlife or anything that comes within the proximity of this village. So these bodies are just still like in the, in the water, just floating. Visibility is a little, little, little tricky with the fog and such, but maybe you get within 50 feet of the church doors and you can see it clearly. Mm -hmm. You would hear me just slowly. Like I would, I would be just like praying, like as I'm moving in closer and closer. And as we see the church doors, I imagine they're closed. Yeah. I will knock before opening them. You knock. There's sort of a hollow uh, echo from within, but no immediate response. I will throw the doors open. As you open, and you know, I'm not going to like force you to do strength checks here, but it probably takes a little bit because you're basically having to open these through the sludge and everything. And you probably even have to like kind of bash them down to even get access. Like um, it, it is, it is a arduous affair getting into the church, but on the inside, you can see what you would imagine a very, very rustic kind of country church interior to look like. There's um, 
all of the the pews and everything have like for sure like sunken into the earth rotted pieces of wood floating on top of the bog here uh, there's this sort of that smell of decay that isn't unnatural in like a wetlands kind of environment like you are but you can't help but shake the feeling that part of it probably is like the smell of undeath perhaps uh, but there isn't anything moving about does it seem like this is the top floor or is there a floor above this uh there is no floor above this um there is uh maybe a trap door uh that is not directly behind the altar but towards the back like in the dais and then there is um maybe a singular door towards the back that you would imagine like leads to the office and like residence of the the priest who stayed here uh, so um, the the dais is like above the water the, where the altar is it like raises above the water or it's still submerged but it's still yeah. submerged okay probably the flat top of the like altar might be just barely sticking up and out mm-hmm. is there i know that it's very difficult to see but is there any signs of looking in this church of something not right if you know i mean as far as like i know i know it's dilapidated and whatnot i mean there's bodies there's uh, there's bodies everywhere bodies and kind of rows floating you can imagine that these are people that maybe died praying Mm -hmm. in prayer some of them even like as they're floating their hands still kind of pressed in that kind of gesture I feel like this is where I pray that this will work. I feel that this is where we might need to purify this as well. I do not know. What what were those lights, though? Let's look around some more before we, you know, I'm with you. We could um, we could bless this place, but let's see if there's some more clues as to what happened or the chain of events so we can make sure that, um, you know, it stays this time. Right, and remember, there was speak of zombies here. I... Well, we're here in the daytime right now. I don't know if that's just me thinking zombies nighttime scary, but, but I am concerned that once the sun goes down, some of these floating bodies are going to start floating and biting. I want to go and, and open the doors into the like living areas and whatnot. I want to see if I can find any clues towards anything that happened here. So uh, before you even get to that door, like you probably notice something, because as you get to the altar, um, behind the altar, like the only ornamental thing that is in the building is this statuette of an angel that kind of has hands outstretched. Uh, We'll say, Friar, if you want to make an intelligence check roll under your intelligence you might identify this figure okay we'll try our best hey i did i got a three uh yes success so this angel is a depiction of heroclesis who is a uh saint that there are many stories of heroclesis especially in uh older mythology of saints that Heroclesis is sometimes the harbinger of the one true God or a point of contact who sometimes 
enters the mortal realm and appears before saints in order to grant some of the more divine powers of the one true God to his faithful. And so there's like this silver statuette that of the winged angel, hands outstretched. And in his hand is a, like in his arms, his outstretched arms, uh, you see inside his palm of the statuette, there is a severed hand. And before the statue submerged in the bog or the water, you can see a body of a man mm -hmm. in priest-like vestments. It seems to have, there's a bloodied butcher's knife nearby. So, just so that I understand, there's a hand holding this? In the statue's arms, in his hands, there is a oh. severed, fleshy hand. Oh. Is and that normal, Friar? No. No, this is something else. This is not right. This this is, you know, uh, seems like some type of sacrifice or some ritual taking place here. Mm. The hand, the blood, is the blood, uh, I mean, is, is it decayed? the silver on the, the statue. Um, it's dried on the statuette. Mm. We must, I, we must remove uh, uh, this, this hand. This seems like a ritual done here. I do want to, I do feel like I want to explore the living quarters to see if there's any kind of like hint as to what they've done. If it, if maybe there's some kind of journal that like documented what they were doing, their struggles, blah, blah, blah. Uh, just so that we can get some type of insight to undo it. Yes, brother. You enter into the living quarters and uh, there are waterlogged uh, bookcases within an office. Um, you search that you, you, you are able to find uh, a couple of, a couple of tomes that still are legible that the the books haven't deteriorated to the point of um disuse like you you find one that seems to be a log that does detail some of the events of it seems like the last maybe few months of langston and there is a uh record that uh, you could probably even find like if you look you know based on the little girl's words to you that there was a leprosy outbreak in Langston. You'll find records of that and how, um, and how St. Haworth came to the village and healed everyone. And it was this, this miraculous thing. The final chapters of Langston, however, it would seem that St. Haworth um, began to realize that uh, his, everyone that had been granted the miracle of his healing were starting to become, once they died, they became undead. Mm. And there was a more, um, like the, the another outbreak of a fatal disease that overtook the town, and his attempts at, at healing uh, mm. seemed to not work. And in a desperate uh, effort, once they realized that the dead were coming alive, they started killing everyone who became afflicted, burning their corpses on the outskirts of town, and just tried to mass eradicate anybody who became afflicted. The records start to kind of devolve into madness a little bit in the final days. Uh, it seems that St. Horth maybe was the one that was writing the logs, and he started to write 
almost almost apologetically for Heroclesis to return and remove the curse that he he, he is regretful that he accepted the gift of the fae he knew that it was forbidden in the eyes of the church and he would take it back he would give up he would give up his gift seemingly Heroclesis was no longer responding to him and he became desperate in the final days and uh maybe led to him removing his own hand the very hand that he would use to lay on hands and heal and seems to fit with the story of what happened there in the chapel so he did accept the help of a fae and then curse the town by trying to help them it does seem brother like maybe perhaps you are onto something and maybe if we cleanse this place that could could possibly help just knowing the information all the information that we have yes well let us let us begin we have no time to waste uh the main point is that hand if that hand is truly cursed, perhaps it's upon the hand that you do the scroll. The bless. Well, there's a remove curse scroll, right? Yes. I was given a remove curse. I have one more bless. Well, it would not hurt, though. Possibly I do use that on this hand. I'm going to go ahead and prepare the remove curse and on this hand and first before we continue doing a bless of the entire area so you go over to the hand and you begin to read off the holy scripture of the one true god to in prayer and communion with uh mm. with him right i would i would and i would even uh i would mention cuz the the prayer that is associated with this is this saint that is here that remove curse is associated with the saint and i would maybe even just say you know i speak to uh you know the former and the former self of the saint i i speak to you and i ask for your help i know that you were driven to madness but with your help and of course through the one true god this curse will be removed for you and all and not for you but for these people as you are speaking you see that the hand begins to writhe and move Ooh. and it even like turns over and once it turns over you can see in the palm scratched into it a symbol the oracularity has been carved into the palm bloodied but it writhes and writhes and it seems to cease moving as you conclude the spell. I pause a moment <laughs> just to see if anything else is going I on. I draw my weapons. <laughs> <laughs> well, let us continue then. Yeah. I yeah. will begin. I, I, I do actually draw my weapons, and I'm going to uh, just take a defensive stance around the friar, just in case any of this brings out brings out the dead or anything like that i'm more or less protecting him i'm with you i will do the same other than the movement of the writhing hand which stops once the spell is concluded nothing takes hold like anything that you're anticipating happening does not happen let's just begin and then he'll begin to start 
uh, hanging incense and, uh, oh boy, preparing for to consecrate this herd. So just like with the burn pit, a major component of this would be removing Mm -hmm. the dead and burying them Uh, proper. I think that if that's the case, I would say, let us, let us begin. Uh, We, I would say that before we start touching them, we're going to kind of egress our way out, find kind of the furthest body and attempt to try to, you know, touch it first to see if anything happens and then begin to start moving things out. So there's work our way back. probably like, um, there's like five bodies of uh, maybe townsfolk that are in here, plus the body of St. Holworth and uh, the the hand. Mm-hmm. You've got Kezi and Chag with you, um, and the rest, you know, like, this is probably going to be a day-long process, but, you know, you're removing, you're, like, burying them somewhere out in the woods, so you're doing this. And then you get to the saint in the hand. Mm-hmm. What would you be doing here? I almost feel like we should do some sort of um, funeral pyre or something. Like, to burn the... Any, any sort of, you know, purify through fire. Well, if they are given this gift, I I think maybe I would look to see if there's something on him, on the body, if there's a, something that maybe wouldn't fit as far as an actual like physical object that maybe he was given before you know a gift is just like the gift of helping others or whatnot i'm sorry so you're just you're like looking around for something i'm looking on the person on his person to see if there is a ring uh an amulet of some kind Mm, something that okay nothing out of the ordinary just his priestial vestments and Holy symbol, maybe that he was wearing, but yeah, though he is, his intentions were good. He would look back, you know, uh, he was cursed like many others have been. Uh, We must lay him to rest as well, and maybe his soul will find peace. So tell tell me what what you're doing here. I would uh, look to the others and begin to bring him out to bury him. Yeah. So Friar is doing this. So pull out the body. You're I'll assist him. And, 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 and will we reunite the, the hand with the body in the burial? Probably, right? I would lay it like on his chest. Yeah. Okay, so Friar, you reach out to take the hand. And as you pick it up, you have a, your consciousness goes elsewhere. Oh, boy. <laughs> and you see yourself on a road within the wood. Hard to say. Could be the Dillman Wood, but there's a road, and you see a very, uh, probably a a younger-looking version of the man, the deceased man that you ascertain is St. Holworth. And he is, he is giving a ride to a figure. He's on a cart. It's being drawn by an ox. You see the woman in the cart kind of, um, kind of hail him and say, you can let me out here, and he seems to like kind of go along with this. You you just seem to be like a, a a witness to whatever this is, and you can see he gets out of the cart and he like helps 
let her down. And there's some kind of conversation that you see between them. Like, it's a little foggy. You're, you're not able to make out the specifics of it. But you see him, like, listening. Like, she is, like, putting her hands together. Like, she is ever so grateful for whatever it is that he just did for her. She holds out her hand. He gives her his hand. It seems like he's almost like in a some kind of a symbol of a gesture of accepting gratitude. And then with her other hand, she grabs hold of his arm and you just see his whole hand falls off and he just starts screaming. And then she, with a flick of her hand, kind of waves it and like some other arm kind of like materializes there. And he looks on horrified, looks at her and she just kind of vanishes into the woods. And then you just see him look down. It's his left hand. I don't know if I said incorrectly before, but he looks down at his left hand and you could just see him kind of pull his hand up to his mouth as if he is pondering the power or the gift that he had just been given. But then it fades. You see a couple of other flashes, a couple of other images that flash before you. Um, One such image, you see him actually speaking to an angel that looks very much like Heroclesis. I'm sorry, Heroclesis. And it seems like he is being inquisitive and he is asking St. Haworth, a number of questions to which there's a guilty look on his face, but he is shaking his head. No, no, no. He did not accept anything. He is pure. And so you're starting to piece together this story. He never admitted, never admitted to the church or anyone, even going to the lengths to lie to the angel about what he did or what he accepted. And then you come back into consciousness, back with the rest. Had you not uh, cast that <laughs> remove curse spell, it could have gone very badly for you. <laughs> so, gift would have been transferred. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's a little Vecna going on with his hand, so uh, yeah, oh. bad. I think with that, we could probably you know ask her to like. You did a good job, like coming to the village during the day versus night. If you came at night, you would have had a lot of problems with some zombies and such. Um, but uh, yeah, you managed to consecrate this place. And we're going to say, I'm going to leave you with this, maybe. Because you're probably going to have to camp out near the village. So you're not. You're, it's a whole day process dealing with these bodies and everything like that. But in the waning hours, um, as you're setting up your camp for the evening, you see across the village, the, the fog clears. There's better visibility. Like all the signs of like corruption are vanquished at the point when you start burying these bodies and such. And across the village, the water becomes clear. You see what appears to be a 10 year old boy who's tossing stones into the water. And the boy has a mix of human and goat features. Oh boy. And before you can get to him or call out to him, something startles him, and he runs off into the woods to the north. Mm. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> this is the quantum leap ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. Thank goodness we have two trackers, right? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, we've got two hunters. That's awesome. I'm glad we we sprung for the extra money. So I think next time we will just start up with a conversation about 
what you're all thinking about seeing a half-human, half-briggle child out in the woods. So thanks, guys, for bringing us back together and getting us back on track. I think we can get back onto our normal schedule here. But yeah, before we uh, close out, why don't we do some gratitude? I'm going to throw out gratitude to everybody. Sounds kind of corny, but I think there were little wonderful pieces from all of us. Uh, plus, it was really nice getting back playing this after six or eight weeks or whatever that we'd taken off. So just everything. I had a lot of fun today. So I'm going to throw mine out to, to Dawson. There was a couple of points where you just like top seeded up during this this uh, mm-hmm. episode here. There's one point that you literally had me like laughing out loud at something your character did or said. So just thank you. That was awesome. Well, thank you. I'm sorry I killed your hirelings uh, because I wanted a couple of rats. <laughs> I don't even think I can eat anymore. I will throw mine out to, you know, the good old friar for embracing the faith even more today and having that little moment where he's like embracing the power of the one true God. You know, it's always fun. Yeah, I think I'm going to throw out my gratitude to Alex for like making like the most terrifying, horrible three hours. I could ever live through in a game. <laughs> it was it was very memorable, and it just takes me back to why I love playing with you all and playing in this game because it is an amazing game and a lot of fun. I think my gratitude for this session goes to both Dawson and maybe Casey to an extent because uh, the topsy aspect of just looking for rats became like this whole thing with the rumor that we got. Um, and I don't know. I didn't have any plans for us to go into like an old farm building, but like this thing just kind of like spun together where it was like, okay, I never thought about like, like why are the Griffins going a little bit wild like there's sort of a question mark and then we got this rumor and then somehow it wove together with yeah th- we're there's some stable boy was feeding fucked up rats to <laughs> the, the, the griffins and maybe they're corrupted or something was going on and so um it just led, Connor, yeah. it led to this horrible thing with yeah this the pustuled tumored meat that the rats were eating um hey. So whatever that is, well, maybe we'll find out more about that at some point. But it was great. Will Topsy top ever get a rat? <laughs> <laughs> find out next time. Same bad time. Same, Same bad channel. Well. Same rat rat channel. Time. <laughs> so with that, uh, that is uh, it. Sorry, I kept us a little bit later, but I wanted to make sure we got to a finish on that so we can start fresh on our next one. So um yeah we'll be back again in two weeks so we'll play again uh hopefully on december 2nd but we there is a dolman wood you can catch here on the stream yet uh on the 15th we'll be running not with this group just a separate one shot type of thing we're running some extra life games we'll be playing the weird that befell drig bolton and that'll be on wednesday um, but yeah, jump into our Discord server if you want to see the whole schedule of everything we have going on for Extra Life starting uh, Monday the 13th and running until Tuesday the 21st of November. 
We've got Dragonbane on the schedule. We've got Dungeon Crawl Classics Link Bar on the schedule. We've got and we've got we've got Old School Essentials. So come and check it out. Uh, if you'd like to make a donation, I can put the link here in the chat, or um, I can put it in the description of the video as well. If you're watching this after the fact. Thanks, everybody. We will catch you, you next time. Have Thank a wonderful you, day.